Welcome to the Fitness Queens podcast, empowering your mind and sculpting your body. Join your hosts, multiple fitness world champions, Alicia Kirios and Stephanie McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of We Fitness Queens with the beautiful co-host, Stephanie McHugh. And oh, hello, everyone. Uh, so good to see you, Ali. It's always so lovely to see each other's faces. If you guys don't know, we actually record these um, at the same time that we, you know, are recording our audio. <laughs> so I get to see her beautiful, beautiful face. <laughs> and um, for everyone that is tuning in for our second episode, I just want to say a massive thank you because the overwhelming support we've had regarding our relaunch, our new fresh feel, just our welcome oh. back episode was so beautiful. Oh, and I can't thank everyone enough for um all of the kind messages of support and the comments and just so much love from all of you. We really appreciate it. We really do. It's just so nice to have the community that we have. It's so, um, I don't know, it's so knit. It, everyone's just so very humble. I feel, I will say that about everyone. It was just such a good energy, such a good vibe every single time I get messages to Ali. I'm sure you're the same. It's like, 100%. man, love doing this. So, so good great. that we're helping so you know, so many people across really, the globe. Really lovely to see everyone supporting the new direction too, you know, which is, um, you know, fantastic because you're never quite sure how something's going to be received and you know, everyone has an opinion about things. So you kind of, you know, you never, you're never really certain. So it was just a really beautiful confirmation that, um, you know, we were doing the right thing by deciding to do our rebrand. And we're just really grateful to still be here doing what we love doing, which is chatting with each other about anything and everything fitness um, for all of you. So I guess today's episode, though, was one that um, was a little bit close to your heart and definitely one that I think is, you know, quite profound for all of our listeners. And we're actually going to be discussing and addressing the topic of, um, you know, trauma and its impact on women's health, overall life, how you might work through this, around this, overcome this, and, you know, just some of... Um, in particular, Steph's going to share some absolute gems on her personal journey, but I've probably got a couple of my own that might surprise people and how we personally work through those. Um, because, you know, trauma is something that a lot more people face and go through and are struggling with day to day than most people would care to admit to, right? Um, and unresolved trauma leads to so many negative, negative places, you know, it can have detrimental effects on physical and mental health. It has, and it shows up. We see it all the time with clients with increasing levels of anxiety and depression and just, you know, negativity, inability to remove themselves from toxic situations because they're paralyzed by this, um, you know. Paralyzed is such a good way to say yeah, it, Elliot. Post-traumatic condition. So we hope, we really hope that you enjoy today's conversation because it is a little bit different for us, but um. As we've sort of talked about off air, it's um, it's prevalent and it, we see more and more of it. And I think very few people discuss it. Um, and so we just want to shine a little bit of a light on it today. Yeah, guys, uh, man, I, I think everyone, like Alice said, has experienced some type of trauma, um, has been through some hard situation or maybe a relationship even, like just a relationship where um, you just feel like 
you wanted to leave, but you couldn't leave. It could have been an abusive relationship. It could have been, you know, um, just a traumatic event. It could have been a natural disaster. It could have been a car accident. I mean, there's so many things that we can go through that we don't realize um, are traumatic to us. And I mean, I just want to say, I mean, it's totally normal to feel anxious and to, to feel uncertain, you know, about what the future holds. Um, just in, in general, I feel like all these things come up for us that we get this uncertainty, this um, self-doubt, and we start really getting in this big black hole. Like uh, it could either be unraveling, whether if it's through depression um, or just reliving your moments. Um, there's just a lot of stuff I find that this could relate to some of you. It's not just for like, let's say one event, although you can maybe pinpoint right. what it happened really to be, you. Yeah can be cumulative right so I guess just yeah. listening to this the way they're thinking well you know I'm, I might not be as well versed in the, the topic of trauma or I might not I'm not sure if it's what I'm even experiencing let's sort of wrap it up and give a bit of context for it so you know it really refers to either an emotional or a psychological response to a distressing event or as Steph just said perhaps a series of events right where it has overwhelmed you and your ability to cope with the situation or the, you know, the overwhelming sense of manifestation that comes from these, you know, events. So trauma itself can manifest differently in every single person. Um, it can be the result of a single, a minor or a major incident. And it can also arise though from just a cumulative effect of ongoing stresses. So, you know, we see this quite often with people that just get overwhelming levels of workload, home life, Work. all of the capacities Family. in various spheres all come at once. And then it's like, well, I'm, a I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping. I have insomnia. I can't, you know what I mean? Like I can't see the forest for the trees. So trauma doesn't necessarily have to be what people might typically think it is, which is like abuse or, um, you know, outright neglect as a child. And it doesn't always have to stem from childhood. Um, it can literally be things we face day to day now, and it can literally be things that might have had multiple a series of events over our lifetime. So just to give wow. our listeners a little bit of, you know, viewpoint that it's maybe not as small as they might have thought it was, and maybe not as um, limiting as they thought trauma is, you know, it's not just massive, big monumental scale incidents. It can be smaller things that cascade over time, right? So, oh man, I love how you hit that though, Ellie. It's like, and it's really trying to find out whether if it was maybe from a beginning, like childhood, um, you know, thing, or was it something that you're dealing with just recently? Because I find like that's very different. Like in how you're saying, we're not really trying to dive dip, deep in here and say we you know we're psychologists here by any means. We're going off of our own personal experiences, our client experiences, the things that we see and that we, you know, um, have been able to witness firsthand and how we've been able to overcome these things. And it's just who falls under these categories or who may be experiencing this, I guess is what I'm, you know, trying to say is, you know, anyone that may fear of who they are, or who they're not, like even just something that, like just simple as that, yeah, like identity, right? identity, like yeah. what you are, like you just don't have a self-worth or you don't know what your purpose is. You just, yeah. man, what, what caused all this? And it's usually a traumatic, traumatic event or something that, maybe we're clinging to <laughs> or that we're holding on to and all of that is something that we do have to release um so as i reflect and as i as i you know unveil some of these layers i've had to really 
you know, ask myself the harder questions and, you know, dig a little deeper and understand myself and having a lot more compassion for what I may have thought was easy or what I think shouldn't be hard, but that's just a thought. Like that's just in my head. So just putting myself there, right. As an example, it's, it's what we see, you know, what we believe that matters. Um, you know, how we see is, is what I'm trying to say, how we see things and how we, you know, perceive them, our perspective and what we believe is, I, I find the most powerful tool within us, you know, and the power does lie within us. And it's trying to peel back these layers and, and seeing, you know, um, who's maybe dealing with some of these things. If you, you know, have fear of emotional pain with subsequent like numbing behaviors, like that's already another, you know, type of person that may be dealing with this or, you know, haunting sense of being like defective or inadequate or unworthy, like all of that definitely still lies within. I think, you know, having a sense of emptiness, meaning, meaninglessness, you know, all of these uh, ripple effects of how we then just maybe feel depressed or just feel out of it or we just do not feel motivated and having this purpose to get up and do what you want you know feel like you're intended to do and I feel like that's kind of why this whole topic came up guys is yeah. we were trying to you know we were navigating through all these things and it's like yeah that one hits home for me um I don't know how many people may be listening to this and have their own situations personal stuff. Like I said, it could be a relationship. It could have been an event. It could have been um, just yeah. family matters. It could have been a work stress, it could be family, um, you know, problems like financial issues, like all these other things that can loss. really cause so much, so yeah. much stress, loss, grief, not loss, grief. Um, you know, people, tough. people you love that are affected by something can cause you stress and trauma. I mean, you know, like we've talked about, it can be everything from systemic, long-standing history from childhood all the way through to these isolated in incidents. And they can be acute, they can be chronic, they can be, um, you know, secondary traumas, like what I've talked about, uh, where it's not even directly you, but it's a traumatic experience for you. Like I've got a client going through it at the moment where her best friend has just been diagnosed with a um, terminal cancer and she oh, had small no. children it came out of nowhere it cannot be operated on and so literally now it's just this process of spending time together and sharing as much time as she has left um, heartbreaking right so my client is so literally going through any chills this incredible level of anxiety and stress and trauma at the moment but it's not specifically hers so this is where you know we talk about the fact that these things might not necessarily even be your weight personally but you're carrying the weight of people that you love right and so you know I just wanted to give that scope because trauma can be so much bigger than what people think, right? Um, oh, yeah. And the impact of this can be huge, you know? Like if we look at my client's instance, for example, the impact on her own personal journey um, beyond just, you know, the anxiety and the sickness and all the things she's feeling about losing someone she loves so much and the care for the kids moving forward and the worry and everything that comes from that point of view. Oh, yeah. It's also then, you know, she's not eating like she normally would. They're going out a lot to celebrate this woman's final stages of life. They're, she's not on 
you know, her normal level of structure or routine. She's not sleeping well. So it's having these physiological effects on her and it's 100% affecting her personal goals. But at the same time, she doesn't feel like she can put herself first in this situation. And that's totally understandable too. So it does have an impact on more than just, okay, what we think or feel or see about the particular event in front of us. It has an impact on everything else in our life quite quite often. And if it goes on long enough, it has a significant mental health impact on us, right? Now, I actually put a question box up in my social media um, yesterday, the day before, where I was asking the question for anyone that had actually experienced, because this is another form of, you know, like overarching stress and trauma for women, which sounds like it shouldn't be because it sounds um, like an oxymoron. They should be blessed and grateful and all of the things, but it doesn't always work that way. Um, Postnatal depression. I asked for people's experiences with it and I wanted to get more insight into it because it is not something I've ever personally gone through, but I've got clients that have, and I wanted to be in a place to have a deeper level of understanding and compassion for them. So I was asking for feedback and experiences and, um, you know, what had worked, hadn't worked, medications, like I wanted to know everything. And I had an overwhelming response. I'm going to share some of this stuff on my social media moving forward. But I also put that out there for a reason this is a very different pregnancy for me. And I actually hundred percent, not that I've really talked about it, but because we were going to discuss this topic, I went through a really quite deep self-reflection phase too. I believe that I had a level of trauma and a level of um, just never felt before anxiety and moments of depression going through secondary infertility, the IVF process, I felt freedom through the journey with George because it was success that had been such a battle to get to, but this pregnancy has been completely different. And it a hundred percent, I know I've talked about on social media, gave me dysmorphia and a few other things that I've never experienced before. And so I've had these views where I'm like, holy crap, am I actually going to get postnatal depression, which I've never had before. So I wanted to get all this insight from people to kind of go, okay, well, what are signs and what might it feel like and what might I be in for? But that's another example that we could use today of where someone might have trauma because I also had trauma through my very first birthing experience. It was absolutely horrendous. And I can't even begin to go into the trauma I felt post that process. It's the reason I didn't have a baby again for over a decade. And that was an oops baby wasn't even planned because (laughs) I didn't know that I would even go into it again, having lost the baby twice in delivery, going through, it was a four-day labour. Back then they didn't just do C-sections as easily as they do now. Um, It was the most horrific journey, and especially for someone that was so young at the time. So for some women, those elements that everyone views as moments that you should be so overwhelmingly grateful for and so happy in and so, you know, that it's, that it's the polar opposite of what by right you should feel, they should shut up because unless they've been through a moment that gives you that level of holy shit, 
trauma, then they have no right to make any comment. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, oh, absolutely. I, I was just going to say, remember, there's there was no right or wrong way to feel no matter what you're going through. I think that's the number one thing about trauma is it's like what you're working through or what you went through. Um, there is no right or wrong way to feel like I think the guilt that most people get from feeling a certain way is actually what keeps you there. Like you're feeling guilty about feeling bad or about feeling sad or about feeling mad. Like you have the right, honestly, you have the right to let these emotions out. And that's actually, that's how I, (laughs) in my, in my personal way was able to start learning how to heal through some of my problems. And it was problems that um, I mean, again, there's personal things that we can't control, of course, within life. And um, but then there's other things that, you know, you can either take yourself away out of, whether if that's an environment, um, that a relationship and you you deserve better and you know you deserve better. And that's your value. That's your self-worth. It's like knowing you're so valuable. You are so worthy. And you need to understand that and believe it. I mean, in your bones, deep down that maybe the space that you're in isn't seeing that value and doesn't respect you enough you know and and that it's a hard reality so you have to kind of you know swallow the truth if you feel like man they've just shown their true colors or what you know just came to light might have hurt me which definitely again guys I, I I'm still working through a lot of emotional things but I don't let my emotions dictate you know my actions and I think that's where a lot of people mess up it's like they will irrationally make decisions yeah. when they're emotional um they'll irrationally say things because they're mad and they're sad so yeah. actually taking that time to reflect and actually knowing you know, what, what's the lesson within this? And it's hard. It's easier said than done. It's hard. Actually, everyone's going to react differently, right? Like what you just talked about, you know, some people will fly off the handle, have no emotional control. Some people like me, what I did was I became, um, I wouldn't talk about anything that ever was difficult. Challenge. I didn't trust anyone or anything to help or support me. And I didn't ask for help. And I didn't get to the point where I got better with that and let go of um, this irrational level of having to have control over the controllables. Because in those moments that I just sort of alluded to, where it's the scariest, most lack of control state you could ever be in in your life, and you have, also- have no... There is nothing you can do. The outcome is what it is. And there is nothing you can do. Um, You then try to control everything else in your life. And I went through that from a very young age to probably about my mid twenties until I did a big, deep dive amount of work on myself. I worked with a um, Tibetan Buddhist monk and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but um, it was the moment where I challenged all those layers of belief and let go of those need that irrational need for control and that I needed to do everything by myself and I couldn't trust anyone else because in that moment that I went through I couldn't trust myself so you know I, I couldn't do anything I was you weren't confident, I was you weren't confident in your ability Correct. you weren't so, confident in yourself Correct. which then created all these chains and all these truths inside of yourself, right, that you believed. And yep. those are what we consider chains, guys. And you maybe have lots of chains. I have lots of them I've had to unveil, un, you know, break. And um, man, they're they're tough because they've been instilled from maybe a young age. For me, it was 
some other stuff from growing up traditionally. Like this is not traumatic stuff, but it is things that have been pretty much instilled in me that I've had to learn how to undo. And that still kind of comes with some of those myths and some of those maybe lies that we tell ourselves and maybe they were told to us, which is why we believe them. Uh, But that actually does come from still a, an environment of you don't know what is real and what's fake. And there's a lot of shock and disbelief when you find out the truth. So I think this is where people just get like lost and it's like, well, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what's reality. I don't know how to feel. And there's, there's these emotions that come out of there and now it's okay to start feeling shameful or guilty and maybe feel like inadequate or maybe feel like you just don't have the means or you have maybe that potential that you once thought you had it's like all these limiting beliefs that we start putting on ourselves limiting things that um you know we 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 definitely put a ceiling and a uh you know cap on ourselves no i can't do that because of this you know i'm no can't do that like no that's not for me that's not because of fear of outcomes that you think are inevitable which is failure right and it's because told yourself that that's all there is for you now and that you can't possibly do these things and so for me you know from for example it was like well I I can't I can't do kids like I just you know and you lost I think anyone listening that's maybe lost anyone not just a child but like any any loved one like that is probably the toughest lesson in life probably the hardest And then you imagine, right, but getting to the point where I am finally in the perfect position with the perfect guy that is my forever, with my forever family, and then I experience secondary infertility because I put off for so long what I didn't think I could could do. Exactly. So you were were limiting yourself. You were holding yourself back because of the narrative you told yourself and how you... I didn't allow yourself to step into and try again because yes. of all the trauma that you went through. It's a and great look, example. The reality is for a lot of people, right, um, in circumstances where they go through something and they they don't have or they do, you know, maybe what I did where they internalize, they don't, you know, um, accept external help and all of the things, um, they'll go to substance abuse or they'll go to a numbing agent yeah. and it'll be food mm. or it will be alcohol numbing. or whatever. And I was kind of the opposite. I had major control issues around what I did. And for me, it was outperforming everyone and everything and everything that I touched. I had to be the best. I had to be the best me that I could be in absolutely everything. So like on a work front, it made me the best staff member that you could ever hope to have because I was the biggest driver, the biggest revenue earner, the lowest cost employee. Like I was all the things because I was driven to do it because it was the only way that I could prove to myself that I was capable. It was really intense. Yeah. And and what I didn't do, though, was go and do all the crazy things that most people in their youth did. You know, I didn't do the parties. Go get drunk and go get, you know, like that shit freaking hammered. Surprisingly enough, all that shit (laughs) came after I actually did the internal work and became good with myself and let go of control. How funny. And then I became the biggest festival head that you could possibly imagine until I started doing my my bodybuilding and that saved my life and I was completely sober Mm. again. Like I was completely sober up until I was 25 and then I had like a little four-year stint of like 
crazy. And then I was completely sober after that, like on every level, sober until I met. I think I think what you said there is probably more relatable to most people listening yeah. to this thing, because <laughs> most people will go to, and this is myself included. Yeah. My first, I think my anyone when they're growing up, I think their first maybe most not most traumatic. If you didn't have someone that you've lost, or you know um, something in life that your family had to go you know through, then it's likely going to be a relationship. I think this is most women growing up at a young age are like oh toxic relationships boyfriends and been cheated on or all these other things right and I I think that was my first if I ever have to reflect back on what was my first traumatic traumatic. um, type of yeah it's like the relationship and the boyfriend and the cheating and the you know like the self-worth major self-worth questions right when they do that oh yeah that's like a you're not worthy enough yeah yeah and yeah. all of that on you know of course if it's kind of a let me pay you back with the same you know uh coin you you know you gave me a kind of thing like i'm gonna pay you the same same way it's not a help that's all you're doing is being more toxic okay. and I think a lot of people need to really focus on the healing but what they'll do instead is go to substances alley like that is just yeah. the, the 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 numbing the let's yeah. go to alcohol let's go to some yeah. pills you know, let's go get high, it's like cool. whatever that is. And let me tell you, when I went through that first, it was unraveling. Like that was my youth. Like that was because of me going through it at a young age. It was like, oh man, party. Let's just go straight to party. And that led to depression. It led to be, being the most depressed soul. Um, And I, I still remember these days because I was a bartender at the time. Hence why I was, you know, doing all these things too. Um, I was, you know, going through my trauma at the time. Yeah, it was like how I coped you know with my issues and my self-worth and all these you know internal conflicts that I had and um I remember still so vividly that it was I was remember starting to gain some weight and I was bartending I was actually a Hooters bartender and <laughs> go figure here <laughs> and I, I I remember thinking I need to go sign up at a gym because I like haven't been trained I haven't done sports anymore like out of school and you know this is kind of like that you know little and like, I don't know, the college entry era, but you're yeah. still needing to make money. And man, college I, 15 pounds. It's like, oh, yeah, you just yeah, gain excessive weight because you're no longer expending the same amount yeah. that you were in sports. And yeah. you don't realize, again, energy balance. You just don't understand that. You don't understand that eating more and doing less. You're drinking. I mean, eating, I mean, girl, what are you talking about a diet? There was no diet in place. So like, <laughs> There's no consciousness of food when I came out of school, okay? Like it was just me eating, you know, beans, rice, and chicken tamales. and tamales, and, tamales, tamales. Pizzas, and like probably soda pops like five times a day. I mean, no joke. <laughs> like, like all the type of concentrated juices you can think of. Like, I mean, if you know any Hispanics and Latinos, yeah. like they, I know they concentrated fats, sugars, yeah. and more carbs, man. Like as yeah, much as you can get somebody in, uh, get in a get in a coma. Like no, that's like like that's just the tradition with our with our culture. Um, but look, that's what landed me into being in my first traumatic type of, I guess, conflict where I didn't know how to get out of this rut I got myself into because then it became habits. It became that I needed alcohol, I needed pills, yeah. I needed to party, I needed to yeah. you know fill this void of what like pain or something I didn't want to like face and you know confront so that was my first 
uh, beginning of how I found the gym. Like this is actually the beginning of my fitness journey, you guys, because I mean, I will say I grew up playing sports. So I've always had a base of athletics because I did gymnastics as a little kid. I then went into, you know, like soccer and volleyball and gosh, I played every freaking sport you could think of like that I was allowed to play. Like if I qualified for the team, I was on it. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm a player. I didn't care if I was on the bench. I would go to every practice. I was always in a sport year round from four years on from four years old to I left yeah. to leaving school. So yeah, me gaining weight was inevitable if I wasn't doing any Stop sports. Doing all the things. I stopped. Yeah, yeah. I stopped playing sports because I was never good enough to go to college to play a sport because I spread myself thin all the time doing everything under the sun. Uh, so there goes the weight gain, the depressing side of things because of the toxic relationship and all of these, you yeah. know, habits that you build with yourself as an adult because now you're entering but your adult self-belief too that this is it mm. you, right that this yeah, is I like, thought you know possibly break free it's isolating and this is actually one of the biggest things we see with this situation is that people feel completely alone and they they talk about that too mm. they're alone in their trauma they're alone in their shit they're sitting in the pot full of shit and just stirring it around themselves and they're feeling like there's no way out right but you, you're stirring it in the wrong direction and you're making a bigger hole and you're actually just digging yourself, honestly, a barrier. Yeah, Thank just burying yourself down. So with all these things you think you're, you know, voiding and coping with and just trying to neglect and just try to numb yourself, all you're doing is making a bigger hole here to get out of. Yeah. So once, you know, I hit a breaking point that I just knew like I, enough is enough. I'm tired of, you know, feeling down about myself. I'm tired of being depressed. Yeah. I'm tired of feeling unconfident, unmotivated. And then all these other health concerns, you just start feeling like, like, man, I'm aging a lot quicker than I should be. And then, you know, you find the gym and well, for me, it was, and I found it there, you know, a therapeutic way to start, you know, coping with myself and how to better myself and how to start believing in myself and building confidence. Cause I find that a lot of people that have trauma or go through things that they're believing they have zero confidence. Like yeah. they just don't believe in their abilities. They don't believe in yep. what they can do or what can come out of something. So I think and that's so number one. Present either like in my circumstance where you are over the top building that in a very isolated way inside yourself, or you are lashing out and it is becoming toxic and you are abusing and self-destructing and you're taking it out on yourself like I kind of went the other way where I was trying to compensate for the things that I thought mm -hmm. I missed um, or that I was lacking in some way and to hide what I thought was you know written all over me that I had these problems you know whereas it's not the case at all and I think the biggest turnkey event for me was when I actually got forced to do this work with this monk from one of my, and this was the last job I ever had from this point on, from 25 on, I've run my own business. I had an international consulting firm at the age of 25 because this work that I actually did backfired on my boss. He thought he was going to get me to open up and want to, want to teach a team and mentor people to be like me because I was their highest performer and producer, right, as a consultant. And instead, it was the opposite, because what this work did was we actually started to heal me. We started to talk about these spots and what was driving me. And once we identified that I was driven by these internal um, 
like it, it wasn't the right course of direction that was driving me. It was to control and it was to overcome and to, you know, um, placate, I guess, what I thought was obvious to everyone else, which none of it was even true. It was the story I was telling myself, right? But once we worked through all those things, what came out of it, out of it was, fuck, I'm not built to work for anyone. I'm better off being a boss. I can't actually handle being in these environments. What am I even doing? I'm actually incredibly good at what I do and I don't need to push so hard to prove to people because I already know it. And so I just stepped into this space of, hey, I'm actually good and I got to stop beating myself up and everything's actually okay, right? So I, I personally yeah. through the grief and the everything attached to it. And then I let go of the narrative where I said that it was my fault or all about me, you know? Um, and there were yeah. several things. It wasn't just that one event that I touched on earlier. There were several things that, that culminated in that um, around that event and the people in my life at the time, but I addressed it all. And then once I did that, oh my God, I've never looked back. And my relationships with people are far stronger and far tighter. My compassion and my empathy is next level. I don't lash out at people. I celebrate other people's successes and I want success for them rather than only focusing narrowly on what I'm doing. It's just, it's been a complete profound shift. But anyway, that all happened for me at around 25 when I started working through it with someone and when I was doing you know talk-based therapy which is it's no surprise to people listening to this why I have a personal passion and interest in this area and why in my undergraduates in consulting I did minors in psych and why I'm now studying counseling and psych as an adjunct to bring more skill sets into my coaching because more and more people are going through all of this stuff and if only I had a, had access to someone sooner, I probably could have been in a better position a few years earlier than I did, even though I know I still did my healing pretty early. And everyone else that um, this monk was working with was like twice my age, but it still felt like I was a little slow to the party and I could have done more, you know? And anyway, I just think first things first, when we talk about the healing process, um, number one thing is, don't be afraid to actually enlist help and don't be afraid to, it is absolutely necessary to actually find a voice, even if it's just a loved one that you can be communicating with and you start to talk through it. Because until you put a voice to it and until you acknowledge it and until you start to unravel it and peel back layers on it and then um, find healthier um, narratives to replace those ones that are holding you in that rut, um, you won't move forward. So from my personal experience, that was my turning point. And as I said, I've never looked back and every day since has been a personal development journey for me. And one where I am constantly looking for ways to improve upon, you know, not just that one area, because I feel like that's really well resolved now. It's been the things that have come up since over the years that might have triggered you back to that point or back to that place or back to that moment and challenged your growth and made you rethink again about direction and purpose and am I doing the right thing, um, you know, and as I said, not allowing myself to blame myself again more recently for the fact that all those instances long ago made me wait too long. But it's, you know, look, I believe in the, divine timing of life so 
as much as I would start that narrative and that trigger would start and that narrative would kick back in that old inner Karen that can just shut the fuck up for all I care. Um, I had to actually go, hang on a minute. This is the best place in my life for me to be doing this. And even though it's taken a little bit more work, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. And I don't feel like I probably should have even been in a position to attempt it until now. And I'm really happy with the way things have gone. So it's just, it's funny, you know, as much as you think you might have worked through something, you know, you can go 15 years later and have one thing happen that might take you right back to that moment, 15, 20 years earlier. And you got to continue to remind yourself of the steps you've gone through and how you've processed and worked through it all over again. Mm. Man, I love everything you just said there. You hit that so well. And God, I just want to kind of elaborate here on just the the fact of, you know, we all need healing. I think that everyone has gone through some, again, we're not trying to specify on on what, like everyone has their own, you know, yeah. issues and, and problems that they've had to go through in life. And I find that there's um, different variables, of course, like whether if it's with personal issues or like we said, relationships or environments, workspaces, um, you know, close ones, but identifying what it is, I find is what's going to help you first is like understanding what type of trauma you may be undergoing. So I do want to kind of like, just put this out there for you guys, because there's going to be three that I kind of want to, you know, discuss and disclose because the first one is going to be a soul injury. Um, the next one's going to be a moral injury. And the next one after that is PTSD, which everyone's more familiar with that. Um, but with the soul injury, it's a wound to your actual being that separates you from your sense of self. Um, it impacts your personhood, causing one to fear who they are and who they're not. And it's usually caused by barriers that interfere with, you know, accessing a person's real self. Um, you know, the barriers can look like, you know, un- unmourned loss or hurts, uh, unforgiving guilt, shame, you know, fear of helplessness and also loss of control. And that falls under like a soul injury. So if you're feeling any of those things, that might that's be what you're really, that's really largely everything we just discussed. That was mine. Yeah. Like, so it's like my, like soul, right? Like soul it hit soul. Soul. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it was intense and mm. it was years before I worked through it. So yeah, we even saw the ramifications still for years later, even though I was good with me, it still delayed me. For a very long time on to find yourself again and right. your sense of being and yeah. like your right. self-worth and yeah. everything you know your abilities so like you fall under soul injury like yeah, you were sure. you know dealing with that kind of trauma um the next one is a moral injury which it's a violence you know it's technically a little bit it's a violation thinking of it that way of the deepest held beliefs and expectations causing moral confusion Mm. It impacts your belief in values, separating one from a sense of trust in others and or themselves. Mm. Um, These situations are usually caused without clear right or wrong choices, coercion to act against one's morals, beliefs, trusting people who fail to do the right thing, surviving in ways that... This is me. That's what I was going to say. This one one hit me home. I was like, moral injury right here, over here. Um, You know, because... It is, it's alignment. Like you just kind of feel like I'm not supposed to belong here. Like I do not belong it's here. It's not. I, it's not for me. It's not meant for me. I don't feel. I don't safe. feel good. Yeah. Uh-uh, I don't yeah. feel safe. I don't feel like this is me. And and I find that that is where I fall here. So I wanted to kind of disclose um, the moral side. And then we have the PTSD, which 
gosh, um, I think most first right. responders or, you know, veterans, um, people in the armed forces, people uh, who have been in violent situations, yes. people who have been yeah. like abusive accidents, people that have yeah. been abused, um, they all fall underneath that category and it's horrendous. It is. And and that looks like, you know, of course, a mental health issue that comes, you know, and for some people it develops after experiencing or witnessing life-threatening events such as, you know, combat, natural disaster, a car accident, sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. Um, it, impacts your, it impacts your brain, especially yeah. in the amygdala and in the limbic system, separating one from a sense of safety in this world. Um, this is usually caused, you know, by the events that are exposure to actual or threatened violence, death, serious injury, sexual assault, or direct experience, you know, um, with you in person witnessing or learning about lo- a loved one's traumatic event, which I find is your, yeah. your, your, your client, client, right? Your exactly. client that you yep. just mentioned. And I thought beginning. that was a really good one to give as an example, because um, I think we oftentimes don't. I think we downplay the impact of significant hurt to a loved one on us because if you are an empath and you are someone who's deeply connected to another individual going through something like that, you are 100% affected. I've been in situations. I feel their pain. Honestly, I feel like I, I get that from my mother. Like in my mother is probably the most empathic person that I've ever met in my life. Like she will cry the moment someone else is crying, even if she doesn't know what they're crying about. Like, like mom, what's wrong with you? You know, and she just, but that that is powerful too. It's like, it's big. If it's your most loved person or just a friend, someone you care for, you could be a stranger and you could still feel this. You know, you're like, man, I feel for that person, but yeah. maybe it not might not be as traumatic for you as someone that is super close yeah. to you. Uh, but these are definitely things to kind of identify and understand right. kind of which one is for you or, or which one you fall and under. I think when you're looking at these three categories, obviously, um, you know, professional help are going to be required for soul and for PTSD. With morals, yes. you could have a really great support network of people that are on that journey with you or have been on a familiar journey or um, that you just trust to be able to be safe enough with to say, hey, this is my crossroad. This is my moral dilemma. This is where I'm incongruent. I feel this, even though the environment's telling me I should feel that. Um, am, Am I going crazy? Is this obvious to you? Like you can start having some really good open dialogue with people that you just trust and that you know care for you and would want the best for you they don't even have to be in the situation or privy to it with you they've just got to be able to sit back and listen and be part of the talk therapy that might be more organic than an actual professional level therapy right so you know i think if you're listening to this have a think about what might be at play for you and which category you think you might fall in. And it might not be just one. You might fall across a couple. I was going to say that next. You might have multiple and you may experience all three. You might be undergoing three different traumatic events and you're like, Hey, that's me. Oh, that's me. And oh, that that's me too. So you need to seek help. And I think that's the best advice we can give anyone is, is actually seeking professional help for those that are dealing with, these deeper, deeper issues. Um, and you have maybe someone you can trust because in my situation, I don't know. I don't trust a lot of people. I really don't. I don't trust. I wouldn't either. 
and I trust my mom, but I still don't tell my mom everything. You know, it's probably sad, but I, I, she is my best, well, actually my best friend's my sister. So my sister does know practically everything that I do. And yeah, I, but, that's and I, different. but that's who I trust. Like, Exactly. It's a different I, I would probably, you know, bounce things back off of and she can check me and I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. I'm totally cool with, you know, getting told you're wrong. Oh you're, man, your sister wearing whole back. She'll be like girlfriend. She get your ass back in line. She is the man. She's blunt. I love her. I love blunt people though. She is bomb. Um, but no, that that's real. Like we we need to have truth told to us, but then we also need to not be told that we're in the wrong for feeling a certain way. Um, again, your emotions, you're in the right to feel them, whatever you feel doesn't mean that there has to be a right or wrong way of how you need to look at your emotions. You just need to go through them. You need to let them out. You need to resolve them by identifying what kind of trauma you are experiencing to know how to tackle it. The reason why you need to identify is so that you can actually learn how to set yourself up for right. success to overcome these things and know your triggers and knowing what causes you to relive that or feel that way again and taking either yourself away from that situation, uh, learning how to create a different environment learning how to build new relationships because then you're going to start having a healthier self with your relationship with yourself because now you feel worthy. Now you're going to start feeling like your circle is actually there for you and supportive and you don't feel like you're running away and having to hide from something or feel guilty and shameful. You're actually feeling like you can show up and be seen. Yeah. You're not trying to hide. And I feel and like this is where, right. Yeah. This is where my, I guess, yeah. There's no flaws necessarily, right? Um, mm -mm. And I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, because I think for anyone listening to this, the first thing is identification of triggers. So if you know you are suffering from something and you know there's a roadblock for you in your life that prevents you from actually progressing forward healthily in any way, like in relationships or in friendships or at work or in your health and wellness, if you're not showing up because there is something stopping you and you're self-destructive, then we need to spend that time to go internal and identify triggers, right? And these triggers can be literally internal emotional and thought that based that are narratives and that are critics and that are driving you to self-destructive behaviors, you know, numbing and coping mechanisms, or they can actually be external things that set you off from a traumatic experience, which can be a familiar space, a person, a close in your personal space situation. It could be a sight, a smell, a sound, a location. It could be so many things that set you off subconsciously without even knowing. Um, that's obviously going to be more linked to the more serious traumatic side of, you know, trauma, um, but not always limited to that. You know, for me, there were, I had issues with hospitals for quite a while. So just <laughs> you know just the sterile environment um, certain smells that would go off for me that were cleaning smells um linked to that that whole day, day like that whole event for you and four was... days that i was in it you know what i mean like yeah it's um well, I'm sure for people that have maybe been in like those car accidents or maybe been into more like, you know, even combat. Oh my God. I, I really do feel for all oh, of our veterans. Like, oh it God. is sad. It honestly is so sad. It, it, it hurts me to see that because they do need help. And the amount that they might seek is probably not 
anywhere near what they need. And, um, but it needs to be there. And, and again, like if you notice yourself falling into these, um, feelings we've talked about from the beginning, right? Like you just don't feel it's not even yourself because you may not even know what, is, what am I supposed to feel like? Like, who, who am I supposed to be? Who am I? What's my purpose? Like if you feel all of those things and you've probably dealt with some trauma and you just don't know, you've been simmering and sitting in it and you just haven't worked through it and you need to learn how to yeah. honestly have to go through it. You have to work through some of those issues and it may be more painful at the time, but it will then feel like I can clearly think now and I can actually maybe feel better even if I'm not doing anything because sometimes doing nothing Make makes better it decisions, right? makes yeah better decisions make with more clarity and less noise and less white noise right and I think you know um one of the other things is learning the little tricks and tips that you can use in those moments once you know what a trigger is whether it's a person or a particular date like an anniversary date of a lost one or, a, you know, an ex relationship or, you know, child loss, like whatever those moments are, it's um, having grounding exercises you can use. It's having strategies for spending time with people that will keep you from being self-destructive on those days or in those moments. It's, you know, um, having the ability to self-soothe and learning what that looks like again, because we don't do it once we learn initially as children. And then we have all these blueprint impact experiences that remove some of those healthy self-soothing mechanisms from us. And instead we become destructive. So it's getting back to the roots of, basics it's getting back to you know the ability to be okay with self in your own company and not need to avoid internal processing because when we numb that's all we're doing right so I find that for me the grounding really helps and the putting myself in positions with people that I know love me and that I love if I know something's coming up that may affect me, you know, and it just, it just, it's my why. So it just reminds me of all of the great and all of the good. And you just, you come from a space of gratitude rather than, you know, fear and, um, you know, all of the associated emotions that come up when you are back in that event moment, you know? So I think that these little things really matter. So identification, support network and professional help, um, you know, exercises and, and activities you can do that prevent you from going and doing the self-destructive and or the isolating actions, um, you know, and then from there, I think just continual work, you know, it's not something that you set and forget. It's not something that you work through in five minutes. I can tell you now the work takes time and you've got to keep That's working at it. And then you've got to keep layering who it is you actually are rather than who it is you were trying to be or who you were avoiding being, you know, but like that's that. right just take a moment and listen to that just one more time, because that's exactly where you need to be trying to tune in. It's not what you're trying to be, but who you truly are. Mm -hmm. And that right there needs to really, really sit and simmer for some people because you need to really hone into what not only you want of life, but truly how you're feeling. I feel like emotional intelligence is something people neglect and we just don't try to uh, tune in to. And the more, when I'm referring to emotional intelligence is just knowing like, 
it's your ability to understand and manage and express your emotions, like, but in a healthy way, like not just trying to, uh, you know, voice yourself and be the only one hurts. Like you're trying to learn how these emotions can work for you, yeah. how they can, you know, actually, of course, hurt you, but how to work through them and how to express them. Because I find that expression is also a way to overcome some of that healing and actually heal because that's a part of letting go. So you have to actually kind of let out, like let that anger out or let the sadness out, let the tears out, cry, just cry your heart out. I think that those are the other things. It's having that that this affects me like this. And, you know, whilst I feel like someone has stolen something from me or I've lost something as a result of this, it's acknowledging that feeling and then recognizing that actually nothing's been lost and there's no need to self-blame. You literally can set attention for where you move forward from here yourself, you know, and that's not on anyone else. That's on you. And I think the minute that you start working into that space, all of those chains to, you know, this this negativity and toxicity and just, um, you know, helplessness get released um, because you literally are still the captain of your ship and you can still direct it. That moment and that event does not define you and it does not create a ceiling for you or a box that you sit inside of unless you let it. And I yeah. think that's probably one of the biggest things that once you get past the initial stuff that stops you um that once you get past that and you you get into this space where you truly feel that anything is possible um you're liberated you know you really will and that will make you chase your next goal and actually you know ignite that fire and find that purpose because people will ask and look for purpose, but you can't find your purpose if you haven't worked through these things internally. Like, I think that people are kind of, you know, finding different directions, get pulled in one way and another and start a different hobby and they start something else and they can never really find what ignites them, but it's because they're trying to fill this void. They're always trying to, you know, either numb or not work through these issues And the more you actually do that, the more you get lost, then you have no identity. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're supposed to do. And the more you do that, I find that you can easily get pulled in so many different directions. So you kind of have no system or no, like, let's say five-year plan, 10-year plan, which should be everyone's kind of, you know, method at some point. If you're not looking ahead and thinking, what am I going to be like in the next five years? What's going to happen in the next 10 years, by the way, I'm living my life. What's going to happen if I don't change in the next five, even for some of you, it's the next five, you're going to look pretty bad health-wise if you don't change your shit. And if you don't change internally what you're you know, dealing with, but 10 years, yeah, that's for most people. It's a, it's a massive change. You know, you're going to be in a different decade. You're going to have all these other health issues that all were caused because of what maybe trauma you didn't, um, want to work through because that trauma was there that you were numbing or trauma that you just decided wasn't you know important enough to work through because it was just a little thing it was just something so small but then that next year you had another small thing and the next year you had another small thing so we have all this accumulative trauma that has now made you lost has lots of layers and you just don't know where to go you don't know what to do 
you feel not yourself. Well, you don't even know what yourself should feel like. Yeah. So this is where you really need to look in, find out if you have maybe some internal work you have to be doing. And if you do setting up a routine around that, because it's not going to go away. It's not going to, and, and the number one thing I, we all need to remember is the time it's going to be time that heals yeah. everything, but we can't rush it and we can't rush healing. We can't try to say, why am I not healed a month in a year in or X amount of time? Yeah. Everything takes time. You're probably learning stuff that you don't realize you should be learning. Yeah. So tune into that, tune into how you're maybe feeling your emotions, how those go up and down, how you react and maybe starting to learn, you know, setting up those rituals, like the self-affirmations, you know, that your gratitude journal, having these small things in your day-to-day -day just to kind of self-reflect. And, and I you know, think, um, you know, prioritizing self-care and boundaries is a really important thing. You know, if you are not putting some sort of infrastructure around yourself where, you know, and you're, you're practicing things like sleep is important, a balanced diet is important, moving is important, you know, getting up and showing up for myself and doing the things that fuel me is important, then how do you expect to heal anything? You know, like it, it's energy. You've got to give energy to Action. the vehicle you're trying to actually move through and heal through, right? So I'm really big on that. And I think setting up really healthy boundaries inside of, you know, work situations, relationships, friendships, but with yourself, is um you know imperative and that was one of the biggest things I had to do was set up um you know a prioritization of that but then also these boundaries where connection was actually super important to me even though I had isolated myself so you know it's super interesting once you start crawling back the layers of what you physically need individually for your own you know respective situation you'll be amazed yeah you'll be amazed at how the smallest little things that you've been neglecting for so long have such a profound impact on the overarching result you get um literally it'll be the smallest it could have, it could have been your gut issues literally like there's so much linked in studies that show that trauma stress have caused so many digestive issues chronic illnesses gosh like autoimmune diseases and all these things that get you know pushed to the side all those red flags that you had for years the gut problems not going to the bathroom you know just not sleeping well and you know having even skin issues for years on end like those are autoimmune diseases that sometimes not saying that we don't have them hereditary or we you know aren't predisposed to get them but sometimes they're self-inflicted because of the trauma we don't want to work through. So we have to Crystal. really look inside. <laughs> Could you just say Christos? <laughs> stress levels. <laughs> oh, stress levels. I was like, did you just say Christos? That's funny. <laughs> oh, Christos. Thanks, Anne. No, no. Stress levels. No, for sure. Stress levels. But that, that's all like very related to how you react to your stress, how you deal with stress, how maybe you're, you know, putting a, a lid on this, yeah. this trauma, you know, you might have in, in you. So uh, we just wanted to kind of discuss some of these things because yeah. we find that a lot of people go through it and are silent. They keep to themselves. Yeah, true. They, don't, they shouldn't reach yeah. out for help. Shouldn't speak about it. Um, and that's actually going to make it worse because. Yeah. And look, I was, the biggest, I was the biggest, um, slow down in recovery. I was the biggest example of that for a very long time. And, you know, so I recognize it in others when they do it. And the, and the minute that I see a client, I'm like tapping them on the shoulder. Oi, you're MIA. 
what's going on and I can wow. see that you are. So let's actually start to, you know, peel back layers on, yeah, yeah. what you're hiding because there is no point in being in with your head in the sand and hiding from a situation where you think no one sees you or sees it and your ass is still hanging out. You know what I mean? Like you really <laughs> shouldn't be doing that. So I guess, look, I really hope firstly that you all, you know, took something valuable out of today's conversation. I hope that it reached some of you that maybe needed to hear it today. Um, and at any point in time, we're always, you know, doors always open. You can always reach out, have a conversation with any of us you know, leave us a comment on anything you like us to maybe cover off in, in a subsequent session. And we may even look to bring someone on that's a specialist in trauma to actually talk us through some very specific, very practical, very functional, um, you know, coping and um, processing and treatment, you know, um, situations for people to actually be able to utilize, you know, because at the moment, we just wanted to talk about it from personal experience today um, and set up the platform for people to be able to start to think about it, identify it, and maybe go open, knock on some doors and open some doors for conversations with relevant specialists to get some help. Um, and I really do hope that, you know, it has helped at least a few people that's listening to this this week. I, I do too. I mean, I'm going to leave it at just like the fact that if you don't manage your emotions, your emotions will manage you. And well, they I put find you on your they, ass, man. <laughs> and they will, they will yeah. cause problems. They yeah. will. And so like the, I think the first step towards healing is just creating a healthy relationship with yourself. Yeah, correct. 100%. Have to, you have to start with that. Definitely. So if I could give any advice doing that and, peace starts from within. Like it really does. It's internal. Like your peace is you at peace. You, you can always restore your personal peace. You can always reconnect with who you really are, but you have to look in, stop looking elsewhere. Stop looking for a validation or stop looking for people to give you an answer. You have to be the one that answers that question. And you have to find that peace and build that relationship with self, with yourself. The more you do that, you live in your body, you live in your mind, these ears that listen to everything and then have this little chatter with this brain inside of yours that always, always says the negative things. But then there's like a little whisper, a little Bloody voice. Sometimes like, yeah, Karen. Karen. <laughs> you know, but then there's a little voice, a little angel voice that's, you know, try sometimes it's, it's muted because we've muted it. So unmute that little voice of an angel and start letting it speak louder and louder each day. Mm -hmm. It's, it takes time. Healing takes time. It's something that I know we all have to go through in life at some point, yeah. you might be dealing with it at the moment. Um, this might've been an episode for you. It might have not. So thank you for listening. If it wasn't, and maybe this was still useful, um, you know, for future experiences. And I think for everyone that might've been listening to this or it wasn't necessarily so relevant, um, you'll be super excited to know we have some amazing guests lined up for the yeah. upcoming episodes. We've got some really big surprises and I think everyone's going to really enjoy the yeah. speakers that we're going to be bringing on in the next month. Um, super exciting. And then I think we're going to have a couple of pretty major announcements coming up in the next sort of four to six weeks. They're going to be super exciting. Um, I cannot wait for all of you to um, experience some of the things we got lined up. And again, we 
love and appreciate all of you. We would love it if you would share our episodes with someone that you think could benefit from something you're listening to. Um, Please, you know, leave us a review, drop us a ranking, um, share us on social media. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. And we really do like read all your comments and all of your messages that we get. And, um, you know, we find your support overwhelmingly beautiful. We, we couldn't do this without all of you. So thank you again. So thank you for listening, everyone. And we hope you'll enjoy our next guest. So drum roll. I won't let the news just. No. Wait, I'm just surprise you. Kidding. It's going to be a surprise. But stay tuned. <laughs> We've got one coming next. Ali, it was so good to see you and everyone. Good to see thank you too, you. babe. Lots of love, everyone. See you next week. See ya.